I'm all alone. There's no one here beside me. My problems have all gone. There's no one to deride me. But you gotta have free. Stop singing! OHL Hockey is back. This is the Farwell and Bo Podcast. Originating from the 570 News Studio in Kitchener. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Chris Pope. I am a little lonely here in this studio on the boardwalk in Kitchener. My name is Chris Pope on Twitter at underscore Chris Pope. And it's kind of hard to do a podcast when the first person's name uh, isn't here. Uncle Mike is, uh, or Big Mike as he's known around these parts, is off doing his Farwell for Hire campaign, trying to raise funds for to find a cure or control for cystic fibrosis. For those of you just tuning into the podcast, Mike lost two sisters to CF at a young age, and he's spent his life trying to find a cure or control for the right reason. And uh, throughout the month of May, he hires himself out to those who would like his duties or his services to do any duty that you'd like, whether it be cleaning the sheaf of a horse or just mulching your garden, or in my case, cleaning some of my car, which he's rode in numerous times, and I repeatedly get heat throughout the year about how messy it is. So I hired him this year to to wash my car. It was great. Um, real quick, before we get Mike on the phone, because he's at an event tonight, we're recording this on Thursday night because of life, which we normally try to do on the Farwell and Pope podcast. Um, I just want to say a quick, Congratulations to the Waterloo Siskins, including Joseph Serpa of the Kitchener Rangers. Uh, we saw him up at the big club at times this year. The Siskins win the Sutherland Cup in overtime against the London Nationals. In overtime, Game 7, Sutherland Cup, point shot, obviously from the blue line, corner of the blue line right up against the boards, gets redeflected, and the Waterloo Siskins when their first Memorial or Memorial Cup, Sutherland Cup, in uh, 25 years. So congrats to Serpa and the Siskies. We all know Coach Jerry Harrigan's probably smiling real big right now. How about that? 3-2 in overtime for the Siskins. So a quick congratulations to them. And, oh, boy, what an OHL final we are having right now. Ottawa jumps out to that huge 7-2 win. And then a one-goal win. Michael DiPietro gets hurt. Cedric Andre comes in, holds down the fort. Star of the game, he was phenomenal. And then the series shifts to, to Guelph and literally shifts as the Storm get a massive win in Game 3, 7-2, handing it back to Ottawa, like the first game in Ottawa, 7-2, same score. And then in the second game at home, it is a one-goal game, this time 5-4. So both teams have a 7-2 win and a one-goal win on home ice. Crazy how tight this is. If you look on paper, these are the two teams that you would put in the OHL final. And I love the fact that it is those two teams in the final. We've seen some great hockey back and forth, some great offense, some big hits, some good goaltending. I have yet to been or be to a game, but I've watched a bit of it on TV and listened to a bit of it on the radio. So I do know, though, Mike Farwell was over at a game because our good friends on Rogers TV hired him to uh, for his Farwell for Hire campaign to come out and uh, do a quick interview on their broadcast. 
So Farwell went into enemy territories and caught a bit of the game. Let's uh, let's hook him up on the phone here, and we can see if he's got some time for us. He better not breeze my calls. I'll say that much. He's a busy guy, you know. Farwell for hire. Is he going to answer me? Boy, when you say 640, you mean 640, eh? Michael, how are you? <laughs> Popper, I'm fine. Well, I know you're a busy guy right now. So I figured I'd uh, hit it right nail on the head. I'm a little, couple minutes late because I was trying to figure out how to work the phones in here. Oh, right. It's so easy. I know. If you don't know how to do it. And once you get it, you're like, yeah, that's pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, so let's start off, Mike. What? What? Uh, first of all, you're on the phone. What are you doing? I am. Where are between, you? Yeah. So, have you ever heard of nap fasteners? No. Ah, exactly. yes, yes, I have. Have you? K N A P P. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Smartest guy alive. Let's not get carried away. But all that's right. pretty impressive. Thank you. So here's the thing. It's got a bit of a six degrees of separation story, except it's like two degrees. One of my best friends used to work for them. They're Rangers season ticket holders, and they hired me as part of my campaign. And the coolest part about it is that I got to go to this place where, you know, people actually do work. They have real jobs, unlike what you and I do, sitting Suckers. around talking into microphones. Yeah, right? Anyway, it was, a, it was a great experience, and they made a nice $1,000 donation to the Farwell for Hire campaign. And, you know, we're, we're off and running as we approach mid-month. No, that's not bad. What were we up to today? So they were seasoned, they're Rangers season ticket holders. You were at the odd today, so it seems like a perfect day to record a podcast, apparently. <laughs> it worked out really well. You know, uh, the Rangers have been great partners since basically day one when I got involved in all of my cystic fibrosis fundraising, whether it was making a donation to an auction or now that we're into the for hire thing. And they're just a great team, right? We're all on, uh, we're all on the same team and stuff like this. In fact, our good buddy and colleague uh, from Rogers TV in Guelph, Steve Fitzsimmons, quote unquote, hired me for game four of the 67 Storm series to just show up and do an intermission interview with them so that I could get the exposure on the entire network across the province, of course, because of the OHL championship. So I think the uh, the Ontario Hockey League and, and those who work within it kind of come together at times like this when one of their own is in need, and that's certainly the case with the Kitchener Rangers. We know how much they do for various charities every single year, and today we just we actually sat in the media room, Popper, where you and I sit before every game and get our coffee and our notes, and we sat down and had a lunch together and just shot the breeze for a little bit. They handed me a check, and I was on my way. Tough life you're living. I thought you were supposed to be for hire, not for lunch. It's so funny because I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. I... I busted my hump yesterday. Like, I mean, I worked, you know? And so when I got up this morning and I knew my uh, my two afternoon events and the one that I'm about to go to as soon as we're done recording tonight are all indoors, mostly light work, talking a lot. I'm thinking, I need a day like this because I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> so it's been a good little, uh, good little break in the campaign and a very profitable one. Uh, we mentioned for the past couple of weeks that uh, there would be some Band-Aid uh, esque episodes, and this is obviously one of them with you uh, getting ready to go nap at fasteners or something like that. I don't know what you're actually doing. That was a yeah, joke. Nap fasteners. I never know till I get there. Yeah, um, but you were in Guelph. So, what was the mood like 
during that big storm win on home ice? Were you there for the whole game, or did you have to go to another job? Oh, man. You know, the funniest part is I totally became one of those people that I complain about. So, as I said, and I, I wasn't kidding, like, I, I hustled the day of Game 4. So I was out all over the region, busting my hump during the day, and I made it to Guelph with about, I'd say, eight minutes or so to go in the second period. So it was already, what was it after one? 2-1, I think. 3-1, one, one Guelph after one. And uh, I went in mid to late second period, did the intermission interview, and then took off like that guy that leaves early, right, that I've been complaining about all season long. So you're welcome. I'm one of you now. Oh, boy. You're going to be hearing (laughs) about that one. You know that, right? I know. I know. I deserve it. But I will say this, too. Uh, The place was packed. Yeah. I mean, I heard the announcement on the radio on my way there that they had uh, announced a crowd of over 4,800, and I guess 4,700 is technically a full house. So they were standing pretty much shoulder to shoulder along the uh, the top of the bowl. The suites were full, and the place was loud. I love hearing a building like that in a game like that. They're booing non-calls. They're cheering, of course, as loud as they will when the team does something that they like. But uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, and there's a lot of emotion in the building. It felt, it really did, it felt fantastic. All right, so to the that OHL championship series, your pick uh, ahead of the series was... Ottawa on five. Well, that's over. Um, <laughs> just pointing it out. I said Ottawa in six. Still alive. No, that's over too. Ah, still alive. What uh, What are you thinking here? I'm thinking that uh, much like we did in rounds number two and number three, if we picked against Guelph, we're going to eat more crow after the end of this. I, I just don't know what to say about this team anymore. It seems like when they want to go, they just go and not even the mighty, mighty Ottawa 67s can slow them down because we know how good that Ottawa team is. But just it, it's it's pretty incredible. Nick Suzuki's on a planet all by himself right now. Alexei Toropchenko is playing uh, as well as he's probably ever played in the Ontario Hockey League. Yep. This guy that everybody thought would be the weak link in the Guelph or on the Guelph roster, Anthony Popovich is is a non-factor, and I don't mean that in a in a bad way or in a derogatory sense. I mean the guy is not having to to make you know the huge saves to win games for the team he's just kind of there making the saves he needs to and and the rest is being taken care of it's it's it to me has been incredibly impressive what Guelph has done and I I wonder from your perspective Popper how much of a factor if anything you think the injury to Mikey DiPietro is I think it has everything to do with this entire series it was the turning point with all due respect to Cedric Andre who played phenomenal in relief in game two uh, I think he stopped something like 18 Guelph third period shots or something like that in that uh, in that win. It was or six, 16 shots in the third period by Guelph. Uh, he, he was great. But since then, Guelph's been running up the score. In the first two games in Ottawa, Guelph had a total of five goals. They have 12 in the two since Michael DiPietro hasn't been in the net. Um, at the end of the day, I just think Cedric Andre's a little too young. And Michael DiPietro has that experience and knows what it takes to get the job done. Cedric Andre was great for the 67th throughout the regular season, but he only played 13 games last year. A guy like DiPietro, he's a game changer. He just gets into your head as an, as an offensive player that I need to be right on. My passes need to be crisp. My shot needs to be perfect to beat this guy because he's an absolute beast. 
235 goals against average in the league right now and I or in the in the playoffs and you know you, you talk about Popovich hasn't needed to be that great goals against average of over three save percentage of under 900 in the playoffs it's Guelph Guelph's offense and that uh that that guy what's his name Nick Suzuki who you mentioned is just destroying the playoffs now has a Guelph storm record for most points in a single playoffs beating our good friend Martin St. Pierre He's not a real good friend. I'm just saying we were both there at the same time. Um, but Suzuki's on an absolute tear. And when that offense is going, you have to pick a line to shut down. And I don't think you can shut down a guy like Suzuki right now. Heading back to Ottawa, it's going to be interesting. I've had a high ankle sprain. It sucks. Uh, we saw Kyle Gentles have a similar injury this year, and he <laughs> it took him more than three days to come back. Uh, an ankle is a very important uh, part of the body as a goaltender. I wonder what we're going to see in Ottawa if Cedric Andrews back between the posts or if Michael DiPietro somehow pulls on his uh, his Superman cape and comes back. Well, I wonder because I recognize too how devastating that injury can be, but I wonder if as a goaltender, I mean, if we were ranking, do you go hip, knee, ankle? Is that fair? I mean, can you, could you try to pull it off? I, I don't think you can. Like, I really yeah. don't. Your hip is for sure like it takes a lot of beating, but you got to think all the pushes you do, all the skating. I think you might go the opposite way. I might I might go really? ankle, hip, knee. Yeah, I, I think your knee can you can put a brace on it, and yeah, butterflying it will probably hurt your hip. You're useless. You can't skate, and your ankle I, you can't push. I, I oh man, especially for somebody who plays the style that Michael DiPietro plays. I th- I think yeah, you're probably going hip. Ankle, knee, for sure. I, 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 I personally don't think he'll be back if it is a high ankle sprain. He was on crutches and in a boot the day he got removed from the game. That's not good. Still in a boot, not on the crutches right now. But I, that's a big blow, man. Huge blow. I'm not expecting to see him again either, although I don't have any inside information to, uh, to back that up. But, yeah, based on what we have seen and what you just described, it would be unlikely. I will say, though, I'm a little bit surprised. I mean, we had the conversation during the season when the trade was made for Mikey DiPietro and this Ottawa team was already a buzzsaw. I mean, why do you need to bring in the likes of DiPietro when Cedric Andre is going as well as he is? But it it does go to show, and the other problem is, the toughest part, I mean, what a what a thankless spot to be thrust into if you're Cedric Andre, right? You're coming into Game number three, games number three and four, probably the most critical games in this series after Di Pietro goes down. It's an absolutely thankless spot to be put into, and because you've been sitting on the bench now for a month watching the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's an awful spot to be put into. Extremely difficult, but like he has played well. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's losing them games, but I think what we're starting to see is much like we saw in that Saginaw series. As, much, as well as Tristan Lennox played, you lose your top goaltender, and both Ivan Prozvatov and Michael DiPietro are among the top five goaltenders in this league. You lose that guy, it is a huge blow, you no matter what. We're, what. Getting, we're getting into asterisk territory here now. Well, I'm serious. 100%. Coming into, coming into this series, and it, it's so interesting, Like I think that this OHL championship is about the best thing that the league could have asked for. I think it's great for the league. You've got two markets that are centrally located that 
uh, you know, you've got a big market, obviously, in Ottawa, the biggest in, in the league. You've got a market just off the 401 in Guelph that's easy to get to. I ran into uh, Ryan Kennedy of the Hockey News at the game in Guelph for game number four, and he said, listen, if this had been Ottawa-Saginaw, the hell I'm going to Saginaw. Yeah. He's not going to make that trip from his home base in downtown Toronto. So that works out in terms of the coverage that the league gets. And, of course, you've also got all of the talent on display. Like, I think pound for pound, this is the OHL final. The league would have coveted for a whole host of reasons. And even then, you add to it, coming into this final, you had the Ottawa 67s with a a record 12 consecutive victories to reach an OHL final, having the opportunity, which they've now lost, to have the best-ever playoff run. 16-2 and is that mark. They could still equal it, but they can't set a new one. And, of course, Guelph comes in having become just the fifth team in OHL history to come back from 3 nothing down in a series, then they come back from 3-1. But you've got all of these ingredients, and now we're talking about the fact that, well, Ivan Prosvetov takes himself out of the Saginaw series. Mikey DiPietro goes down in the Ottawa series. Is the outcome different for the Guelph Storm? Are they even here right now if these chips don't fall their way? I'll even go even further. Let's go back around. Joseph Raymaker's played 47 games this year. He was the London Knights starter. Everybody expected him to play in the playoffs. Dale Hunter went to his young kid in Jordan Coy. That's three series, three goaltending question marks. Yeah, the Guelph Storm offense is great. Don't get me wrong. It's nasty. It's downright nasty. Look at the numbers they're putting up. But you have Prozvatov injury, got the DiPietro injury, and you got a, a an inexperienced goaltender, if you will, in Jordan Coy. Younger than Joseph Raymakers. It is his third year in the league, but still. This was his first taste of the playoffs. Man, oh man. We're going to get so much hate mail from Guelph. For I don't care. You know that, right? It's true. <laughs> Tell me it's not true. It's You know what? It's worthy of the conversation that we just had about it. Because you're right. As good as the Guelph Storm have been, there have been some breaks that have gone their way it's good it's going to be great and it's going to be fun to uh watch as we come down real quick before i let you go i know you i'm looking at the clock here 657 in 15 seconds um but we were both wrong on uh red tilson ukul pekka lukanen what have we been right on um really i was right on overage yeah I and, went and we were both right on defenseman what do you think of upl getting the tap you know i'll tell you what i think of it is it was the decision was based. I think a lot of people who entered their uh, who, who sent in their selections did so based on most valuable to the team, which is not, in my opinion, what the Red Tilson is. I'm not trying to take away from UPL. I'm not going to do that at all. Uh, certainly worthy. I think I, I know I had him on my list, just not as as number one. But it's the whole argument we get into around. MVPs, right? Is it the most valuable player in the league or is it the most valuable player to a team? That would be the argument for UPL. But if you're looking at the most outstanding player in the league, as great as he was, I'm still looking at Jason Robertson, even Justin Brazeau, a notch ahead. But maybe that's the offensive minded, you know, I, I love the goals, I guess, as opposed to the saves. All right. That's a nap with Farwell on the phone. Wow. Get that like a wrap, but a nap because you're at nap fasteners. <laughs> Thanks. Had to explain that one. Farwell for hire. Get in contact with uh, Mike if you want to hire him. Right, buddy? You still got some time left? Absolutely. And, uh, hey, always reach out on Twitter at Farwell underscore OHL. There's a, uh, there's a link right there, top of my Twitter page. It's pinned 
you could just you could just make a donation if you felt so uh, magnanimous, you know. Thanks, buddy. Much appreciated. Have fun tonight, eh? Thanks, Popert. I'll wrap this up. Cheers. Mike Farwell. Nap Fasteners is where he's at. It is Farwell for hire. Um, I appreciate him taking the time. It's been a bit of a duct tape episode. I got a few things going on in the personal life, including a wedding and some other stuff that uh, I need to get home and start planning for, considering it's this weekend and a big day Monday with the full-time job. But just real quick on the UPL earning the Red Tilson Award. I have really no problem with it. He was outstanding all year. There's no denying that. I just don't know if he was even the best goaltender in the league this year. Because if you look at it as a whole, can the best or the second or third best goaltender win the best player award? It's an interesting thing to bring up. He did have the best save percentage at 920 for a starter. Goals against average, 250. There were two guys ahead of him. Michael DiPietro in an off year at 240 and Cedric Andre at 248. Argument's sake, I'm going to say no. But we saw what he meant to that Sudbury Wolves team when he departed for the World Junior, where he won gold with Team Finland. And he did so in convincing fashion. He was the star of the tournament and was the star up in Sudbury. If you're a Wolves fan, and we've talked, Mike and I talked a bit at length last podcast with the haves and have-nots of the Ontario Hockey League, if you're around Sudbury or if you're a fan of the Wolves, OHL Rookie of the Year, Quinton Byfield, a Wolf, OHL Goaltender of the Year, UPL, a Wolf, and now OHL Most Valuable Player, well, it's Player of the Year, um, a Sudbury Wolf. The thing that now this brings up and what I wanted to talk about with Farzi beforehand, we've been on this podcast before and we've discussed UPL. He's a game changer for sure. We thought he might be able to steal one or two games from the 67s in the playoffs. That didn't happen. But is he back next year? It is something we have talked about. I went on record of saying, yes, he would be back next year. So too did Farwell. But I wonder now, with the season he's had, what will the Buffalo Sabres do with their second round pick in UPL? Because he is a game changer in Sudbury and could definitely, if he is back next year, the Wolves go for it. 100%. With Byfield and Co., why not? If he's not back, they're going to have to look elsewhere. They had five other goaltenders on their roster this year throughout times. I don't know who then that job would fall to. But if UPL is back with the Wolves, look out. Because he's going to be another year better. And as we've seen from goaltenders, it sometimes takes an extra year to push them even further into their comfort zone. And once he gets a little more comfortable, I guess, if he could be more comfortable after being named the uh, best player in the league this year, (laughs) I don't think it get much better for UPL. Anyway, thanks a lot for still sticking with the Farwell and Pope podcast throughout uh, the the Rangers offseason anyway as we get through this Ontario Hockey League Championship final. We were joined on the phone by Mike Farwell. 
Firewall for hire the month of May. You hire him, he'll do whatever you want. How cool is that? I just paid somebody to clean my house today. Why didn't I get him to do it? That's junk. Regardless, find out how to hire him at using the hashtag online, Farwell, number four, hire, or on Twitter at Farwell underscore OHL. My name is Chris Pope. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Chris Pope. Farwell's not here, and I'm Pope. And that is the Farwell and Pope podcast. This has been the Farwell and Pope podcast, posted weekly. If you have questions, topics, or a story you would like to be covered, simply email mike at 570news.com. The Farwell and Pope podcast originates from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.